Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy, John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. A short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode here of uh, Simple Programmer YouTube, Simple Programmer Podcast now, now that I've got the the podcast if you're watching or listening. Um, I've got another interview uh, for you here today. I know a lot of you have been liking the the interviews, and I think this one you'll find uh, pretty interesting um, I'm, inter- I'm interviewing Marcus uh, Blakenship, uh, and, he- and he's uh, someone who has left his job. I know a lot of you are, are kind of doubters that, that people can actually do this. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about, um, you know, I always talk about how to quit your job and, and how, I, how I did it, and, uh, but, but I haven't had too many other people's stories. So, uh, so I thought this would be kind of interesting to, to talk to someone else who's, who's gone through this, who's taken, taken the leap. So, uh, so welcome, Marcus. Hey John, thanks. Great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you as well. Um, and uh, so, so why don't you give a little uh, kind of intro for for everyone to let them know who you are, what you're about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started programming way before ugh, probably many of your audience did, and when I was a kid in the in the like early '80s, and uh, sort of got the bug and went to college in the early '90s and and got a job. Uh, and I really had this great, amazing software engineering job at a manufacturing company, which uh, happened to be headquartered, big global manufacturing company. I've gotten to travel around the world with them uh, when I was an employee. Um, but I had this really amazing career within 14 years as a software engineer and a software engineering manager, and I got to work in digital marketing. And I mean, I just loved the company. But about 2007, I got the bug that there might be more to life. Right. I sort of, like, I don't know whether it was age or just uh, something made me wonder, like, hey, can I, is there more, am I really going to be able to retire from this company and, like, I don't know. So I met this guy at my work, and and he's like, "Hey, do you want to help me build a website for somebody here in town? My wife's hairstyle, the company my wife works for, needs a website. Do you want to help?" Well, I I was a software guy, but I'd never built a website, let alone a marketing website, in right. my life. So of course I said yes. <laughs> Right, that's how we do it. We, of course, you did. Yeah, right. And I didn't know how much to charge, and that's it can be a whole other. We can get to that if you ever want to talk about pricing or whatever. But I was like, oh sure, how hard can this be? And I thought, because you know what we should do is though, let's make it sexy. This was 2007. What was sexy in 2007? Flat. Do you remember? Flash. Flat. That's right. <laughs> of course, we made it flash. That's right. But. We wanted. We had a business background. We wanted these people, this gal, to be able to maintain her own content. So okay. you know, let's back it with Drupal. Yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> I had no experience with Flash or Drupal or anything else. Never even built a website, let alone a marketing website. And somehow, it, I, we got it done. Now, yeah. I say this to tell you, this was the first project of something that became a business that changed my career forever, but at the time, I didn't know it. I thought it was just, 
a little side thing. So we did take a little bit of money for it, and man, was it hard. I mean, it was. It wasn't just hard technically, but after a couple of weeks of optimism, that gets beat out of you pretty quick when you're working with Flash, as I recall. Um, I found that, like, here I have this. I had to work 50 hours a week at my regular job. Yep. And I had to work, and then of course I had uh, a family, and then I had to try and deliver this other thing on the side. Um, fast forward about eight years now, and I've quit my job, started a company, ran it with my partner for seven years. We had 11 employees, and we're doing a million dollars a year in, in revenue. That folded 18 months ago, and now I've basically reinvented myself into a, a business advisor for people who don't want to make all those same mistakes. Um, but yeah, I, I quit my job, and I'm proud of it. I feel like this is like an AA group, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting just to pick apart, you know, a little bit about your story too. Just the idea that you jumped into this opportunity that you knew nothing about using technologies you knew nothing about, and just and I think that's like, I mean, I think a lot of people are waiting for this like just kind of drawbridge to fall and the path to be laid out for them, and then it was nice street lights, and then they could just okay, there's the path to quit my job. That's right. The light from heaven comes down and shows you where to go. Right. But that didn't happen for you, right? I mean, does that, do you feel like that's an element that's just required? You got to have, you got to like just go and do do it, you know, or not, not that you should just quit, but you got to go and do things that, that make you uncomfortable. Well, I think you do, and I think it's really important. You said don't just quit because that's actually been one of the keys. I worked... So so I started with the one gig, and yep. that we finally got it done. Four months of coding in Flash to do something for a thousand dollars. I mean, I think it was like a buck an hour or something. Right. Right <laughs> really? Yeah. And then we did it. And but the crazy thing is, so then we thought, well, we have a real company because we took a dollar. So yeah. let's go meet with the small business administration people. And of course, they said, well, what you should do is sell packages at a fixed price to build a portfolio. So we did it five more times where we built things for like $1,000, and they were taking hundreds of hours. Yep. And it didn't take too long before I realized, like, why am I invest what am I investing in? And the more I did it, the more excited I got with the thought that I could have my own business. Yep. Like, it became more real. It was small. It was a fledgling thing. Now, a little bit of backstory. My wife is in nursing school at the time. I have three teenage kids at home, a yep. mortgage, two car payments, a second mortgage. I mean, I've got a, all the stuff that people say, you're stupid. Oh, and by the way, it's 2008. What happened in 2008 in America? Oh, yeah. Worst financial yeah. crash yeah. in you know 25 years. So my timing was, as always, impeccable. Yeah. Um, so I guess the point here is I didn't quit right away. I actually worked this thing as a side job for two and a half years Yeah, because I wanted to see if it was going to work, and I was risk adverse. So while I didn't wait for a light from heaven, I, I also didn't put ev all the eggs in that basket. I kept going to my day job 50 hours a week, and I found ways to, to continue to run the experiment. And see, and I think that, 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 I mean, if you think about it, like if you had just said, hey, we got this job making a website for a hairdresser, let's quit our jobs and let's do this thing, um, and you made a thousand bucks and it took you a hundred hours to do it, um, 
you would you'd have a gun to your head, right? Because you'd be like, oh, this isn't going to work. How are we going to afford it? How are we going to pay for things, right? You'd be going into debt. Uh, it, it just like a lot of people think that that's, you know, and, and, and just the fact that you said it took like four or five of these where you're basically taking a huge loss to get the, you know, a lot of people don't realize how long it will take them to get the hang of it before it actually starts being profitable and then they can quit their job and then they can do it. You know, you get to that point where the path does, does is lit up and laid out for you because it's like obvious you should quit your job now because you're actually making money from your side business as opposed to just, man, I'm going to save up six months worth of salary and really, really hope this works. <laughs> right. No, hope is a terrible strategy. And, yeah. you know, I, in the moment, it was really frustrating to get up. I had to get up at 5 a.m., go, yeah. go to my side job for three hours. At one point, we'd rented an office. So my partner and I would show up at 5 a.m., work for three hours, go to our day jobs, get off, work at 6 p.m. or 5 or 6 p.m., go in for three more hours, and then go home. I mean, these were yeah. long days, right? Oh, yeah. All for something. And I was making pretty good money at my day job. And, right. and it had to be secret. My day job couldn't know because they were super weird about side work, right? So that's right. a whole other story. But, but I just kept thinking, like, I hate this, and I want it to go faster. I want it yeah. to go faster. Now, the interesting thing is fast-forward to the point when I left and I'm sitting in my office and I have all these employees, my partner and I talked really longingly for the old days when it was yeah. him and I in this tiny little office in the morning. Now, why would we do that? Well, the game was so different. Yeah. We could afford back then when you're small, you can afford to make all kinds of mistakes. And I really mean afford to. Like, if we screwed up, we didn't put our mortgages on the line. Right, we kept our day job. Right. If we had to give a client back their money, okay, we could do the the honorable thing, the thing that we'd all love to do, right. because we kept our day jobs. So it really was like a perfect laboratory of safe learning to keep your day job while you build this thing on the side. Yeah. Well, and and plus, you know, I'd I'd love to hear what you think about this. But one of the reasons why I always tell people to keep their day job is because. I've always found that, or at least being an entrepreneur now running my own business, I found that um, working a day job and then working on a side business was good training for just how much work you put in when you actually work for yourself as opposed to, you know, getting into the office, sipping some coffee on your employer's time and, you know, maybe I'll check the news, right? You know, it's like the, the amount of work that I find that I do, like a full day's worth of work for me now working for myself is way more than I ever did on, on someone else's time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it was almost like boot camp for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And I remember I wanted to quit sometimes because it was hard. And I remember when jobs would go badly or clients would be difficult, I'd think, oh, this isn't worth it. But in the end, when I went to my employer, it was so different. I actually started acting different in my employer. Yeah. Like, I, I just couldn't help but be less tolerant of the baloney and think about like if this was my company and that actually got promoted me promoted like a couple more times just while I was working on the side because sure. yeah. um, it's kind of reminds me of that movie office space I always tell people I I stopped caring about what didn't matter and all of a sudden really this is true all of a sudden I was reporting to the vice president of IS yeah. uh, and it, it, it was just hilarious to me, and I just kept thinking, maybe the less I care, the higher I'll go in the company. I, I'm not sure that's the strategy I wanted to go with, but that was the outcome. So, 
Well, so I think there's a bit of that, that fearlessness, right? Because when you have nothing to lose, yeah. you, you make the right choice. It's like the same thing in poker. Like I used to play poker a lot. And it was like, if you're playing above your limit, you can't, it's not that you don't have the skill it's you don't have the fearlessness to play mm-hmm. when you have, you know, a hundred times your buy-in as a bankroll and you're playing at that limit, you can make all the money. Like you can play your perfect game. And I think maybe there's the same element there. Exactly. So when it's small and there's nothing on the line except for your craft and a thousand dollars, you I remember we we actually had to eat the thousand dollars a few times, right? Yeah. Like we did it wrong and we had to rebuild it or whatever, and we'd lose jobs, little tiny yeah. jobs. But but it was all about like just going after it and knowing that the only thing that was on our line on the line was our egos. Yeah. Now tell me about the point when you actually made the transition because you said uh, two and a half years. We have a similar story. I spent two and a half years working my side job business while working my full-time job. But for me, like the day that I was able to go and tell my boss, hey, I'm, I'm done. I love working here, but I don't need to work here anymore. What, what was that day for you and how did that come about? John, I wish I could say it was as good as yours. Yours sounds pretty good. Like it sounds like exactly what I would love to have done. Uh-huh. But for me... I ended up getting in a political between a political snafu between two other vice presidents who okay. were upset with each other and I was working for one of them and long and short of it is the company did not have a great attitude towards moonlighting and the okay. other one his boss found out and he decided he wanted to punish the other VP through me so I get this call one day come into my office and basically they'd pulled all my phone records and they'd pulled all my emails and blah oh, blah blah no. like we think you're running another business. Does your boss know? I was like, oh, yeah, because I was always super forthright with all my yeah. bosses. I actually was most of the time um, because I didn't think it would amount to anything. So long and short of it is they were nice enough to say, well, you can't be half pregnant. You've got to choose. And I'm really thankful they did because I was able to just gracefully choose and say, okay, yeah. I'm going to choose to take a chance. And... I gave my notice and my boss um, immediately said, great, let's put you on a six-month contract at double your hourly rate and have you sit in the same office doing the same job because I can't let you go, (laughs) which just made all the people around me think, my gosh, what's happening? Like, why is he back and why does he not care about anything now, you know? And (laughs) Yeah. um, So, but I, I definitely knew that, what I had built would at least sustain me for a while. I didn't know the end game. I had no idea 11 employees and millions of dollars or whatever, but I at least had built the idea in my head that I could do it um, and that I could learn to do it. Okay, okay, yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, given given the same situation, you know, which can happen anytime you're in a political... (laughs) I mean, people think that regular employment is so secure, but... It's it's so safe. Yeah. Uh, but but the fact that you now had to spend all this time, I mean, that makes sense. Then you could actually make the choice and, and not have to worry. A lot of people would panic and, and be sending out their resumes looking for another job. Yeah. Um, I, let, I think that's a great point because it does – it is kind of a – it is actually a false security, right? I mean, if one guy gets mad at you, like he can yeah. fire you. just takes one. But right now, how many people would have to fire you, John, for you to say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to find a different job? Right. Well, well, here, I mean, you know, not to pull too much politics into this, but look at Donald Trump now. <laughs> he, can say, he can say whatever he wants. And people pull contracts. He doesn't give it. They can't say you're fired. Only he can say you're fired, right? Only he, he, That's exactly right. 
he, he, he said, screw it. I don't care. I got plenty of other money, plenty of other people, plenty of other customers. So uh, whereas when you got one, when you're, you know, at, at the teat of one, one cow, <laughs> you, 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 that's it. You, you're, you're kind of, you know, if they, if they decide to, to withdraw, you're, you're kind of screwed. So. Well, and I don't want, I don't want people here who are listening to think that I was like, I'm not a brave guy. I mean, I'm not special. I was at the teat of that cow. I was a company man and, and, and really like, I worked for this enterprise, and it was a great place to work for a while, but the bigger the enterprise gets, the more the fear comes in, yep. the more the you better conform, right, is right in there, like, and, I mean, let's just be clear, I uh, I don't want people who are listening to think that I was anything special. I was, I overstayed my welcome, which is right. why eventually they said, you should probably figure out what you want to do in life, you know? Yeah. Um, Get out of the tree and see if you can fly. <laughs> exactly right. I was the little bird in the nest who was like, yeah. I'm practicing, right, but I don't want to leave. Yeah. So I had to be kicked out. Uh so I, I just kind of want to make it clear that it's really one of these things I feel like if I can do it, anybody can do it. And what it takes, though, is for me, it, it took finding something little, and I didn't think I was running experiments. I thought I was doing something uh, on the side, something just like, oh, I'll try this. And once I'd taken a dollar for it, I had an obligation. Yeah. And that was really important for me because that obligation motivated me. I felt motivated enough to get up at 5 a.m. for months to work on a $1,000 website because I'd taken $1,000. And that was that really weighed on me that I'd taken somebody's money. So if anything, I think if I were to do it again, I probably would absolutely – well, let me back up. I would really encourage people to find a way to take a small obligation. Yeah. Take something that then is going to actually pressurize you to do the thing that you want to do. It's kind of a kind of a mind hack, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree because that's uh, it, it's like uh, it's like burning the boats, like but but it's not as extreme as like quitting your job. It's 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 a small obligation, something that you have to you have to come through on this. You can't just say you're gonna. It's it's like uh, you know throwing out those those you know size forty pants and saying, well, <laughs> I only have 34 waist pants now. I have to, oh. I'm either oh. going to go naked or I'm going to wear these pants. So <laughs> That is such a great, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and having been larger than a size 44 only about 18 months ago, you know, I lost a bunch of weight. I can tell you I had to go through that thing where you decide like, Okay, I'm, am I keeping the the 3x T-shirts? I may actually have some in a drawer as like my just in case, but yeah. I have thrown out all the 42 size pants. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So, um, so what do you say about the people? Because there's always this, right? I always get looking for shortcuts, right? I always get these emails, and it's like, oh, work smarter, not harder. You know, I don't have to do put in these crazy hours in order to start my own business and be successful. Uh, and and they're they're kind of preaching this. I think a lot of people that become successful eventually start preaching this because they forget, you know, at least in my opinion, what what got them there. What what would you say to kind of I don't know a lot of the younger generation? I think kind of maybe might have this mentality. At least that's what that's what I see. Is this? Oh, well, we could just work smarter. We don't have to work so hard to to do this. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, my kids are 19, 22, and 25, 25, 24. So they're, they're definitely part of that younger generation. And they, they hate the idea of working a menial job. And they definitely want to work smarter, not harder. Um, but when they look at what I did, the first thing they say is, Dad, it can't be that hard if you did it. You know, And they're right, but it's also a little bit like you don't really know how hard it was. But right. I guess what I'd say is you do have to earn the right to, yeah. to go there. And for me, earning the right to go there, it was really important that I, I had to actually work early morning hours. I had to work 16-hour days. And if nothing else, especially because I had a business partner, in those first two and a half years, what I learned was that I could trust my partner. Yeah. He did not flake when it was hard, and I didn't flake when it was hard. And having a partnership, while in the end it's what broke the company, at the beginning it's the, the thing that kept me from quitting was, was A, knowing that there was someone there with me, um, and honestly B, showing me that that other person was willing to work hard as well. Um, I, I, I think looking back I'm kind of amazed that I did it, but it's sort of like... Okay, this is a terrible analogy. It's like push-ups. Yeah. I am currently in the process of trying to uh, get a little healthier. So I started about two months ago doing push-ups before I get in the shower every morning. And I started with 20. I could barely do 20. I'll be, I'll be honest, I'll tell you now, I can now do 30. The first 20 are the easy part. The right. last 10 are kicking my butt every day. Yeah. And what I realize now is in a year, I'll be up to 100 and the first 90 will be easy, and the yep. last 10 will be the ones that are kicking my butt. So I guess I'd say you've got to earn the right to do it, but that, that involves work. And if you can find a shortcut, if anything, I think you should be a little bit, um, you should be a little bit wary of it. If anybody's telling you it's easy, or like, yeah, all you have to do is put up a landing page and people will come and it's great, and then you put a buy button and you're a millionaire. Yeah. I mean... I think not only, even if it worked once, my guess is it was such a fluke that it's just going to fool your brain into making you think it's going to work again, which then it probably won't. Yeah. There's a, there's a real good book on this exact thing called uh, How I Lost a Million Dollars. I don't know if you've, have you read that book? No, but I'm going to now. It's good. The, the guy tells the story about how he had, he had all this success and, and made all this money and, and it was all, a lot of it was based on luck and he didn't know it until he lost it all. And then he realized just how lucky he was in, in, the, in the, the kind of the, the, the stock market and the futures trading that, that he was doing at the time. But, yeah, uh, like, real interesting. It, now, John, when you left, did you like start freelancing or contracting, doing that kind of work? Uh, no, mine was a little bit more of a clear exit because I had been building up the Simple Programmer blog and stuff for a while, and, um, and I've been doing Pluralsight courses on the side. And so by the time that I left, I had enough Pluralsight royalty income to basically replace my, my income. So I sort of had like a – it was a very clear exit for me. It was very secure. Um, You're so I'm pretty rich good for I, I want to be like you someday. I'm going to have to interview you for my list. Um, well, for me, I jumped out there, and I, I remember the first job I tried to sell, I sold it. And uh, I was like, this yep. is great. The second job I tried to sell, I sold it. I was like, I am nailing it, 100% record. This is the shining light from heaven. Yeah. The third job, completely tanked. The guy just looked at me, and he was like, I wouldn't pay a dollar for this, let alone a thousand dollars. Why don't you go back and then redo your design and come and pitch me again? Yeah. And I remember at that point thinking, "Uh oh, 
this has been this has felt just super easy up until now. You just yeah. go in front of somebody and ask them for money and they give it to you. And of course, that dose of reality was really important about that time to make me realize I it couldn't be about I was never not going to be lucky. Right. Uh, I was just going to have to work hard and be persistent. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that 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 part of it too. Is this like like you said too about the push-ups? I think that was a really good because it, it, a lot of people think, oh, if it's hard now, it'll be hard forever. But they don't they don't have the ability. Like if you can project yourself far forward in the future, and you're like, okay, well, in a year, I'll actually be able to do ninety push-ups, and it won't be hard. Like you know, I think that's that's maybe one of the stumbling blocks is people say, oh, it's too hard. I I can't do this thing. Yeah, it was. You were at MicroConf this year, right? Yeah. Yep. You remember the you need a budget guy talking about your future self is oh, going to yeah. call you and tell you like, ah, the car is going to break, right? You should save for that. Right. And I love that analogy because I I keep thinking now like, what would my future self call and tell me? This thing you thought was impossible wasn't that bad. This other thing's kicking your butt though. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So, um, so tell me now what, what you're doing, um, how, cause now you've had to sort of do, well, let me ask another question before, before we get into that question, which is, could you go back to the corporate world? I always like to ask this question, like, you know, how do you feel about it now? Like, could you uh, give your freedom up? You know, okay, well you just, you just baited me there. Could you give your freedom <laughs> up, right? <laughs> I guess you can um, think about how I feel about it, but yeah, I think I'm getting to lead the question. <laughs> I think I'm getting a sense of it. Um, I'm going to be completely honest here. I, it would be hard. It would be yeah. hard for me to give my freedom up. But uh, I mean, for example, I have been offered a job back at that company or other companies, making a lot more money. So both my, I had two business partners after my company folded 18 months ago. They went and got jobs. One of them works for Disney, very corporate. But just having your own company catapulted them into salary levels that were three or four X what they were making at the last company. Right. So first of all, realize that even if this thing fails, the fact that you can say, I ran a company for a year or two years or whatever, and now I'm re-entering the workforce, will instantly give you credibility beyond what somebody who never has uh, is going to bring to the table, and and I think it was suit made it made them very valuable to employers because yep. obviously they had that business mindset. These employers knew they could hustle, so I just want to point that out that even if it doesn't work, going back while it might feel like failure, um, it usually you'll never go back to that same old job in the same old cubicle doing the same old thing, right? That's you will have just grown too much. The question of would I go back, it's one of these things where arrogantly I'd love to say, I will never go back. I will plant my flag and yeah. I will, like Braveheart, I will die for it. But like truth be told, if things got bad and I had to make my mortgage, my family's what's honestly important to me. Yeah. And I have worked plenty of crummy jobs that I hated. At 45 years old, I've learned that I could go back and work a job for a year, make some money, regroup. I can tell you I don't I think I'll always have something where I'm my own boss. It may not yeah. be my primary income and it has been now for 8 years, but I'm not opposed to like resetting and trying it again, especially if it was an opportunity to learn something really different. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess maybe a better question to ask you would be, you know, how confident do you feel now that you could make your own 
way, you know what I mean, in the, yeah. in the world, right? I would say I, yeah. I feel highly confident. Um, when my company shut down, again, I talk about that because it was like a super traumatic, it felt like a divorce, like it was just horrible. Um, and we laid everybody off. Everybody else got jobs. And yeah. me, I was able to say, I think I've still got some some run in me to see if I can do this. And that was about 18 months ago. And honestly, I've made probably three times as much money per year as I did when I had my own company. Yeah. Uh, because my overhead is nothing. And right. I'm only worrying about me. And I can also take amazing risks, like getting up at 5 in the morning to chat with you, even though... Of course, I don't make any money from this, right? And I can give my time away in all sorts of crazy ways. And um, those, to me, are the kinds of risks that we that we take to gamble and see, like, what relationships pan out and what do we really love. And so, yeah, in general, I'm highly confident that I can that I can keep going uh, because of what I've learned of doing it on my own, and of course because of what I've learned from the simple programmer website. There we go. As well. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's interesting, you know, just, uh, I'm always curious to see, because the perspective changes, right? Like, I think, you know, you, you, for a long time when I was employed, I wondered, how did, how could you even, like, what, how would you make it on your own? Like, how could you become a freelancer? How could you do whatever? Yeah. And, uh, and now it's like, now it's so obvious. Now that I have a million ideas, like, if I weren't doing this, I could do 50 other things that could make a, a, a livable income that wouldn't require me to work for someone else. But yeah, you know, for me, I just was curious about, about your, if your mind, how much your mindset changed as well. So. Oh yeah. Now I'm curious. Can I ask you a question? Like I, you dabble in non-internet and non-technology kinds of businesses as well. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and was it tough for you to make that shift? Cause I certainly have thought about doing that because as you know, once you see opportunity, you see it everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing, real estate investment since I was like 19. So, so that was, that's how I thought I was going to retire always. Wow. Um, I never, I didn't understand the business side of it. And then I realized that now, I mean, still real estate is, is my, you know, my security, like my retirement, I put all my money into there so that, you know, that's guaranteed income coming out. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, now, now going the entrepreneurial world, so many other opportunities, like I, my, my vision is, is, is a little bit more clear. I think uh, I'm, I'm not as skeptical of ways to make money. I'm skeptical of, of people who think that they're going to make money, but I, I see a lot of possibility where I didn't see it before. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, once you change, you, I think you just can't ever go back to that old mentality that I'm going to sit in this chair and just be someone else's like resource for the rest of my life. Right. Yep. So, um, so let me ask you now, as we kind of wrap this up, so what, what are you doing now? So what was the change after the company shut down to reinvent yourself again, to go the entrepreneurial road a second time? And, uh, and yeah, tell me a little about, about the, the current business you're doing. Yeah. Um, basically I'm a, I'm a business coach for agencies and consultants and freelancers. And, uh, I use the word coach because it's a little advice and it's a little therapy and it's a little crying and, you know, it's sort of like just having somebody, uh, who's been there who can kind of help you along the path because it's tough. Frankly, I think professional right. services is a tough gig. I've done a little bit of SAS advising and a few other things, but the reality is, is 
I love people who help people by providing them services. That's kind of where my heart is. So that's that's who I'm focusing on. Um, and I, if I can, I want to tell this really weird story uh, if, about how I got into that because it was a completely non-obvious thing to do. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Um, so when the company shut down, uh, I took on like an hourly contract uh, as a freelancer coding Rails, which I am a terrible coder, but it was like I gotta make, I gotta pay the bills, right? So okay. I will code Rails for somebody full time as a contractor, as a part of a team, and I'm so appreciative that that could be there. And it was a friend of mine who was like, "Yeah, just join us," and, and that was great. And um, I was part of Brendan Dunn's master class, and so I posted on his forum like, "I just shut my company down." And I'm happy to give anybody in the group an hour of my time to talk about what happened and or to help you not make the same mistakes. That was the message. And I thought, you know what, people never call losers. Nobody's going to call me. This is going to be just like, but I just did it on a whim, right? Right. So the first guy calls, and we do an hour session. We're just talking for an hour. Like, you know, Bob, what's going on with your business? And we brainstorm ideas, and he goes away happy. Yeah. And he's like, can we do it this? Can we do it again next week? Hey, I, sure. Time, time. I got time, right? Let's yeah. let's do it again next week. Sure. Fast forward three months, I was giving away twenty hours a week of my time to these people. Oh wow! Yeah. And all of us, and I was also working this Rails gig at like forty hours a week, so I'm back in the hustle mode, and it's, yeah. I'm getting up at four in the morning to talk with people on the East Coast. I'm talking with people till ten at night, and my wife's like. Man, it's like the beginnings of the business again. I thought I thought it would never be this hard again. And I was like, it's exactly like that. It's just like super low risk. Do something you love, try it, make a, an obligation. Yeah, I promised I'd talk to this person. I'm going to do it. And what I found was I love helping people like face to face. I love yeah. talking with people and working through the fear and pain. And I thought to myself, is this a real business? And I started just Googling, and I found people who charge money for it. Yeah. So I came up with these crazy, like, I basically just said to the next guy, yeah, let's do an hour. And then after that, I said, if you want to keep doing it, would you pay me money? And we figured out an, a monthly subscription rate, and that we've just gone from there. Wow, perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, and I just love the, again, you know, just to point out, again, you're willing to do the hard work to put in the – the effort doing something that, that you weren't weren't sure about and then you eventually find the way. I think so many people drop off the path before they reach success or like uh, that whole three feet from gold and uh, you, you seem to stay on the trail long enough to, to reach it. So I think that's a big inspiration for everyone out there. I'm just not smart enough to know. My wife would say, you're just not bright enough to know when to quit, you know, and uh, I appreciate her for that. But to some, I can tell you this, the second time, instead of it being two and a half years, yeah. It was like eight months, and eight months later, I've built this business that's giving me tens of thousands of dollars a month in recurring revenue that I had none of that before. So I think my, my hypothesis is every time you go through that cycle, you get better at it, and yeah. you figure out, like, you can tune it. So for me, I, I'm actually kind of excited about the next thing that fails, and I get to reinvent myself because I feel like it'll even be a shorter cycle with even bigger impact. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a great attitude to have. Uh, it's, uh, well, if you if you if you don't fear failure, then what do you fear? Right? I mean, that's the. I think that's that's the right attitude to have. Just you know, you can just plow on without fear. So you're going to make the right moves because you know that if something goes wrong, you, there's just a, it's an opportunity. It's not a not a 
a bad thing. So, and you're going to make the wrong moves, but you're going to recover. You're just going to yeah. keep plowing forward, right? And you're going to say, okay, don't do that. Do this other thing. Let's go. Because fear isn't like if you make your boss mad, he might fire you. Right. Mistakes. The fear of mistakes is more. If anything, it's more about like let's just learn as fast as we can and make all these mistakes, but be smart about learning from them. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key. Awesome. Well, um, if someone wants to find you out there, uh, they, they can go to what? Uh, MarcusBlakenship.com and then yep. uh, slash list to sign up to your, to your list. That's where my mailing list. I actually just yesterday launched a new weekly newsletter for agency owners, for people who are uh, uh, called agencyownerweekly.com. You can sign up there. I'll be putting out the first content when I get back. And I, it's tough to run an agency. It's even tough to be solo. So if you're a solo yeah. person, but but it's for owners of things. It's not for employees of agencies. Um, an agency also means like software development shops, design shops, people who are doing professional service work. Sure. Okay. Okay. So um, so if someone wants to, if they're interested in in your coaching, um, mm -hmm. how how would they contact you? And, and I'm assuming that again, probably the, the people that you'd be coaching would be not so much individual freelancers, but agency owners, or, or are you coaching individual freelancers as well? Yeah, I mean, I coach individual consultants. Typically, they've, they have gotten to the point where they're, uh, they're making enough to sort of afford that investment. Yeah, um, okay. But, yeah, yeah. I, and, and it, you know, I'd love to hear from people. So email me at marcus at marcusblankenship.com. Um, and i uh, love to hear your questions. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, shoot, drop me a line, and happy to, happy to chat about almost anything. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks Marcus. Uh, it, was, it was great to hear your story and, and, uh, and, and to hear, um, you know, how, how, you, how you've reinvented yourself again. Uh, I think that would be a lot of, very encouraging to a lot of people that are uh, looking to, to quit their job and, and, and also just, just the amount of, uh, you know, the, the time that it takes. I think a lot of people just are afraid to, for, to do this. They think they just have to do an all or nothing and just quit. They don't realize that they can build it up on the side. So it's good to hear a success story like that. So Build it up on the side, build it slowly, and I promise someday you'll look back and say, oh, it was so good when I was small. It was so yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, John. Really appreciate right. it. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye.